Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Macro Compass. The giant Swiss bank Credit Suisse is no more. Central bankers have announced several facilities during weekends to try and calm markets down. The 2008 vibes are quite strong here. So what now? In this piece, we will provide you with a level-headed analysis of the Credit Suisse deal, including its repercussions on the broader European bank and credit markets, the scope and effectiveness of the Fed newly created facility, and the reactivation and higher frequency of global dollar swap lines, and most importantly, how we are managing our portfolio and what lies ahead for markets. Credit Suisse has been acquired by UBS for $3.3 billion in a deal brokered by the Swiss government over the weekend. The deal also includes $10 billion that the Swiss government will cover for potential Credit Suisse losses hitting UBS and around $108 billion of liquidity facilities that the Swiss National Bank will make available to UBS. This is quite a decent deal for UBS, and yet markets were unhappy because of one important detail. While Credit Suisse equity investors got some small residual value out of the deal, $17 billion of Credit Suisse additional tier one bonds were completely written down to zero. Additional Additional tier one bonds are somehow a hybrid instrument between bonds and equities and regulators decided to sweeten the deal for UBS by sacrificing additional tier one investors denying the standard waterfall that you see in the article being depicted as the first chart. Immediately at the European Open, investors were busy extrapolating that additional tier one are now a no-go if regulators can subordinate these bonds to equity capital in events of stress, because obviously the returns don't warrant the risk in these bonds in that case, and therefore The extrapolation was that the additional tier one market in Europe is a no-go overall, and that's quite a big market. Now, I think that's an incorrect extrapolation because if they did their homework, Credit Suisse additional tier one investors knew already the risks they were running. The absence of the so-called write-up mechanism is very clear for these bonds, which also means that the risk of getting marked down to zero is very high. That can happen when a so-called viability event is triggered. Basically, when regulators deem that the bank is about to go belly up, and in case there is a permanent write-down clause, these additional tier one bonds, like in the Credit Suisse case, can be written to zero. Such a permanent write-down in additional tier one bonds is not the standard in Europe, as you can see in the table below. So yes, the Credit Suisse additional tier one investors have been zeroed out, but they knew they were running permanent write-down risks as already written in the clause of uh, the very documents behind the bonds they have bought. But no, that doesn't mean that the additional tier one market in Europe is dead. Most importantly, the spillover risks in the banking sector from the Credit Suisse deal are pretty low. And let's reflect on this for a second together. Because after the great financial crisis, the bilateral unsecured exposure between banks has been massively reduced for two reasons. The first is 
Lending nowadays between banks occurs mostly on a secured basis through the repo market. Unsecured interbank loans through the Euribor or the LIBOR market are mostly a thing of the past. And also, regulators make sure that banks are highly penalized for holding uncollateralized bond exposure of bonds issued by other banks like additional tier ones, which means that of the $17 billion defaults, basically these bonds were effectively not held by any other European bank. They were mostly held by pension funds and insurance companies or asset managers that are very obvious investors in these highly yielding securities. Also, because of the direct bilateral unsecured exposure being much, much lower today, this means that the direct contagion from the Credit Suisse debacle within the banking system is actually very low. Now, nevertheless, markets seem stressed. Central banks have announced plenty of facilities during recent weekends, and after the SBB debacle, no other U.S. bank has yet capitulated, and on top of it, the Credit Suisse saga has now been somehow sorted out. And yet, markets are still quite stressed. Especially, it seems that the bond market is smelling something quite bad, and we all know that the bond market is quite good at smelling stuff. So let's dig in now and have a look at what the bond market is smelling, why are markets so stressed, what are these facilities actually the central banks are all up about, will they work, will they not work, is there really contagion risk, what lies ahead for markets, what will the Fed do. If you enjoyed the report so far and you're eager to read the remaining part of this macro report, come and join the Macro Compass Premium Platform. You'll get access to the full-length piece, to all my full-length pieces actually, including uh, stuff on central banks, market action, actionable investment strategy, and much, much more. Check out which subs subscription tier suits you the most using the link at the end of the article or going on the macrocompass.com. Talk to you guys again very soon.